That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again on this Saturday morning is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing? How's, uh... How's everything been? It's been good. It's been good. Um, playoffs are going on in high school football right now. Uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of been kind of a little bit of a whirlwind. We're trying to get our usual yeah. content up after the postseason. But, of course, in addition to college basketball, high school basketball is officially tipped off um, uh, in both the girls and boys. So it's kind of in the full swing of everything right now. Yeah, it's – um. I am less than 100%, so excuse my voice. It's your flu game. But that's my flu game. I got a cough drop in my mouth. I'll probably pop another one at some point. But uh, I watched way too much basketball this week to not do a podcast. So there you go. you're getting this podcast one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> one way or the other. It's, it's, uh, we got takes. We got takeaways from, from these games. Yep. Um, so a lot of games we can, we can get to. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Oh, uh, let's see. Let's start with well. Just to get this out of the way, you, because because you watched all of this game and I watched none of this game. Just go off, pop off. This is Bruni's uh, pop off segment. UTSA versus Texas A and M Corpus Christi. Um, just just get it out of the way. Just 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 get it out of the way. So I watched this game. I watched almost all of it. Um, I texted Ish when it was eleven to three. Yep. And I was like, burn it down, burn it all down, UTSA. You know, I, I was like, UTSA should not be getting beat by a and Corpus Christi by double digits at all. That was Both my ways. first half. That was in the first half. Yeah. And so UTSA actually comes back, takes the lead at the end of the uh, 28-25. It was kind of fluky. It was They had some, um, some free throws, and then they hit a late three. And so they took the lead, but really they weren't in control by any means. And then the second half starts, and a and I'm sorry, not A&M, UTSA just looked like it forgot how to play basketball on both sides of the court. I'm not even joking. They were just hoisting up bad threes. Just Jacob Germany was picking up fouls and could, didn't, couldn't score on Isaac Mushila, who's, who's literally five inches shorter than him. Uh, meanwhile, Isaac Mushila was just, backing him down on the other side. And then AM Corpus Christi, this game was played in a rec center. Or a I was about to say, they, they double booked, right? They double yeah. booked basically their arena, and so they had to play in some rec center. Yeah, and I think it was basically where the volleyball team plays. So I'm, I assume it's basically the volleyball uh, gym. 
uh, yeah. which is obvious because there's a the volleyball court is very very prominent on the court, and so it's basically a high school gym with the the stands on both sides, and they were getting into it. It was loud, and I, I won't say loud, but they were into it. And yeah. these um, these Islanders, man, Travian Tennyson was awesome. 8 of 13 shooting, 19 points. Isaac Mushila, 22 points, 16 boards. Uh, and they just came in waves, and they were just confident, playing fast. And and UTSA would come down, jack up a shot, and and m would run down the other end and get either a layup or an open three. And I was – it's just so clear to me, UTSA just does not have players on it. Um, no disrespect to everybody on the team here. Um DJ Richards led them in scoring, who I think is a transfer in as a, a sophomore. No, he's a freshman. No, yeah, he's a freshman. Just straight mm-hmm. freshman from Side Creek. Uh, led them in scoring with 14 points. Jacob Germany had nine points uh, in 21 minutes. They just don't have dudes, and they shot 7 to 29 from three. I They end up losing by 20, getting run off the court. That's pretty much it, man. The UTSAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't even be upset with them the way I was upset with Rice because I didn't have expectations for them. But it's like that meme. It's like we didn't even have expectations, but damn, <laughs> you've somehow underachieved. Right. Yeah. It. I guess like you, you, you underachieve more or less like in the sense that you would expect them to at least have some kind of identity under Steve Henson. Mm-hmm. And like I watched, you know, I, I – I don't know what I can say with this team, right? We thought, I guess, like, you imagined it's kind of like, um, uh, what was the what was the the hashtag? They run with us, right? So you expect, like, some up-tempo kind of thing and, like, them kind of, yeah. more or less, like, if, if they play, like, Rice, I'd at least get it. Yeah. Right? Like, at least they're trying to push the ball. They're trying to do what they do. I didn't, I don't know what this team is or what this team's doing, you know? It, it feels um, like every time we watch them, yeah. there's something different. Like that's, they have they have just no cohesion. They're awfully awful coached. They're awful. They're, I'm not. I want to say awful players, but they're the players are not of the standard to me of Conference USA at this point. Yeah, I was about to say the conference has gotten so much better than when UTSA was competitive exactly. a couple years ago. And, like, is there a coach that has benefited more off of two players? like in their careers where this guy look at outside of Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace, Mm -hmm. you could put together the next top 15 players outside of those two. And you have like Jacob Germany and then Jordan Ivy Curry. And then like, and then you Uh, uh, I don't even know if they're division one players. I was about to say, well, did uh, Nicolau was their point guard. Okay. Yeah. Nicolau. Cool. That, That year, the year that they probably, should have won the conference, or at least, uh, at least their best year. Um, yeah. Did Nicolau's point guard, and I think that's kind of what I think him going pro in Italy kind of like really was the downturn of this program because like that forced Javon Jackson to be point guard, and he's just not a point guard. Um, and so they never were the same even when he left. So yeah, I but I agree. Like it, you know, the, we go from and again, I think I think the worst thing to happen right now to this program is Karen Aston coming in and just absolutely turning the women's program on its head. Right. And bringing in big transfers, bringing them from like literally the bottom 
to seemingly pretty pretty good in like a year yeah. <laughs> um so i think that's also a negative because like what i what i hear a lot of from a lot of people around utsa and like fans and some other people that cover the team a lot closer than i do is that well it's money you know like they can't they gave steve henson an extension right they can't fire him and then pay pay him whatever he's owed and then hire somebody else right so they might as well just wait out the contract my thing is and then also there's facility issues right but my thing is that's where the that's where the karen aston thing comes in where it's like okay well you got her and she's working with the same facilities right i guarantee that they probably have worse facilities than the men do um and you were able to bring in somebody like a karen aston now it helped that she wasn't coaching at the time right she just got she just lost the the texas job and so like she what well, you didn't have to pry her away from anything but she's obvious i feel like she probably could have had other options if she wanted it right she didn't have to go from yeah. texas to utsa yeah. um so yeah i don't know i i have to see about steve henson's um contract extension because i want to say he might be in the second of last year um, if he is, then obviously that's usually when people make the decision because nobody goes into the last year of coaching um, a contract. But yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Um, hey, if if they have the money, I mean, you just got beat by a coach who maybe should be on your radar. <laughs> like yeah. Steve Lutz has come into Corpus Christi and and turned them into a conference champion right away, and he's a good recruiter. Um, He's recruited at the highest level with Purdue, and man, he's he looks he looks like a he looks like a hit right now. Yeah, shout out to Annie of Corpus Christi, man. They mm -hmm. they looked really really sharp, and um, I was impressed. I was impressed yeah. with how they played. I mean, I, I watched them against Mississippi State. Um, you know, fight with them like I said last podcast, and so then they come over here, and first half was not wasn't wasn't fun to watch by any yeah. means uh, on either side, and then the second half they just kind of started. Ooh. Looking, really looking something up really quick might make UTSA fans a little happy. Native San Antonio, Steve Lutz, Steve Lutz, <laughs> Incarnate Word uh, alum. Okay, so okay. so there you go. There you go. Mm. Well, let um, me see. I'm trying to figure out where he went to school though, because but yeah, like it, it, look, I'm just saying, right? He, he's he's yeah. Corpus Christi. They're doing a great job, and I know understand UTSA doesn't have a lot of money. You can pay him more than Corpus Christi probably can. Um, so uh, it's maybe one to put a put a little pin in. Yeah, put a pin in it. Um, all right. I have a question. I did not watch this game. TCU Lamar. Yeah, seventy-seven to sixty-six TCU. Um, okay, they won by double digits, but at the same time, should they be beating Lamar by more than eleven points? I think so. Um. I also, I it's hard for me to evaluate Lamar because like they just wiped their roster clean. <laughs> yeah, like, basically a bunch of new dudes. Like I'm not saying they're world beaters now, but like I do wonder. Like I don't know. I I I do wonder. Like if this is just a slightly better team than than they were a year ago. Um, well, last year they won two games. I was about to say last year they were really bad, and then Alvin like, Brooks is like enough of all of that, and then just like got everybody. Um, but I will say like. I think for this one, for me, TCU, this one was a little bit more about because let's let's face it, right? TCU looked really bad against uh, was it UAPB, um, 
and they a team that's not going to win the Southland or the SWAT conference, right, at all. Um, and so I think for me, at least, this game was more about TCU getting back on track. They're not – I yes, they should be beating Lamar by more, but – they were. I never saw this game, and I was like, I was never like they're in danger of losing it. If that made sense, um, even when they were, cl- even when it was close-ish, right? I got into it. I think first they were within like three for a little bit of the first half. I was. It never felt like it to me. It felt like TCU was good enough to just like keep this going, and it never felt like the game was in danger. At least to me, I don't know. That's probably just me being, you know. Uh, uh, overconfident in TCU potentially, but I never saw this game as like, Oh, TCU, they're getting, I'm a little worried. Um, I don't know. Mike miles was able to get, I think the, the best thing I saw was that Mike miles was, it wasn't him having to go hero ball. All of his shots were easy. All of his shots came to him. Uh, Emmanuel Miller, similarly, like they shot fantastic. I thought TCU played the three balls still the concern. They shot like 32% or not even 32, like 25%. Um, but they were getting every other shot very easily. And so I think if I had to trust TCU, I think defensively they'll turn it on. I think they'll be fine. But against UAPB, a team that shot the ball very well to start the first half, that was my concern with TCU was if you get into a shooting match, if you get into a, a sprint out, things like that in transition, can you find easy shots? And then this one, they were finding easy shots. So I knew eventually defense would come come through and they just kind of keep the lead um, padded. TCU's lucky I could I couldn't watch this after it went final. You would you would have had some takes after after they went final. I looked it up on ESPN to try to watch it and yeah. it wasn't there and I was sick so I was like you know what I'm going to sleep. So you're lucky I didn't couldn't watch this because you know what the spread was ish. What do you want to take a guess at what the spread was for this game? Fourteen. Thirty three. What that is thirty three. That's disrespectful to Alvin. Lamar won two games last year. I, know, I don't care if they brought in the damn Power Rangers to freaking play for them. This is, this is, <laughs> this. This should not be an eleven-point game, and it was like a five-point game the entire first half until the end. Like yeah. they that they couldn't separate. They couldn't separate from Lamar, and so now well, we have oh, yeah, Lamar. Yeah, that's the thing. Parkinson. They couldn't stop. They couldn't get stops. That was the thing. Um, I will say the thing that I did like from TCU that I saw was they got in transition a lot more. Like they basically let Mike Miles like really push, like go a lot of like one on two, one on three in trend. Like, and he was, he was hitting, he was getting it right. Um, it wasn't just like Russell Westbrook throw his body and like the ball goes off the backboard or something. Um, so I wonder if that was something that they saw against UAPB that maybe they could take more advantage of. Um so yeah, I don't know, but I I mean, trust me, I agree. Like they should be beating Lamar by a lot. Um, maybe it's just a slow start because again, that that's I don't know. I, I still don't want to worry about TCU yet because I don't know. But then again, like I said, like we said during the previous show, this was the team that was kind of like okay last year until the tournament. That that's what I'm, that's what I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting yeah. to see the top 15 TCU team that we've been told about. I'm right. waiting to see the the jump. This sure. is looking like the same team as last year. This isn't they gotta I gotta see the jump at some point here. Yeah. And even if they blow out Northwestern State and ULM, that won't completely comfort me, but it at least show me that they're capable of doing this. Like you sure. allowed 72 to Pine Bluff, 66 to Lamar. Yeah. 
I just don't think you should be allowing that many points um, to these teams. That's fair. So, fair. all right. Um, real quick, uh, SMU Dayton was a really fun game. Uh, SMU it, they they lose by twelve, but it really was closer than twelve. They came back a few times, and it's pretty evident to me that the core of this team is just going to be Zach Nuttall, Samuel Williamson, Zurich Phelps, and Feodigi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you kind of rotate in the rest from there, which I, at its core, I think that's a pretty good group of four mm-hmm. uh, to to have. So, I mean, all those guys shot 12 or more times. The rest of the team shot a combined 10 times. So, um, and FAODG had a really poor game, shot 2 of 12 from the field. Uh, Phelps shot 4 of 16, and they were still in the game. So, um, I actually left that game pretty high on SMU because Dayton is a, you know, was ranked top 25. Um yep. But uh, they end up losing by 12, I think, is a pretty solid result for SMU in year one. I saw both uh, tech teams play. Um, and I'm, I kind of came away impressed. Like, they didn't play tough schedule, tough games, right? But I think I came away with pretty optimistic on both ends. With the, with the men, I think I underestimated, one, how differently – I think Mark Adams wants this team to play offensively. They spread the ball out a little bit more yeah. than I probably anticipated. Um, they were, again, it was Northwestern State and it was Texas Southern. But in both games, there was a lot more drive and kick going on than compared to last year. It wasn't just the scrappy, it wasn't just the, the Chris Beard style of kind of work the ball around the interior of the three point line. If you can get, you know, maybe one or two players on the outside, cool. You know, but for the most part, we're going to kind of like get the dirty work points, get something on the inside, right? Um, I wonder how much of that has to do with Fardaz not being available, right? I wonder if they yeah. maybe wanted to play that style and just are just adjusting. Um, but I don't know, man. This team can shoot a little bit. Um, I think I also underestimated how how the potential of Davion Harmon on defense. We talked about his offense and decision-making and all that stuff. That's still a little bit of a concern. I think he did actually pretty okay. I think he had like eight assists or seven assists in both uh, combined through both games. Um, but defensively he's athletic as hell and he's just a pest. Like <laughs> he reminds me like he's not as disciplined as a Reggie Miller, but he's that type of active player where it's like, if you, if Mark Adams wants to turn on a press, okay, Davion Harmon, somebody who can just be there for 90 feet, you know, um, so I think that was something that I completely under I completely overlooked when we were talking about his offense all year or all yeah. season. It was like, oh yeah, this dude's also like insanely athletic and can just shut down another guard if he really commits to defense. So I'll be excited to see that. But uh, yeah, Texas Tech uh, they shot thirty eight percent from three against Northwestern State, and then I'm trying to figure out who they shot against Southern. Like uh, a lot worse, but <laughs> it was thirty percent. But they're getting those shots, and they're looking for those shots more than I think that they were last year. Last year, it felt like a lot of scramble balls, you know, a lot of uh, early Close shot. Bryson Edwards, a little bit more. It was it was different. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I'm I don't know. I'm curious to see what this team looks like mm-hmm. when maybe they're trying to generate more of those open looks. This is a classic case to me. This team without Fardaws to yeah. me is just a high floor, low ceiling team. Like, I think it's a pretty consistent, you yeah. know what you're going to get every single night with this group. Um, 
I still I'm relatively low on them without Fardaws, mm-hmm. uh, just because I just don't think they have what it takes to like flip it to the next level. Sure. With Davion Harmon, Jalen Tyson. Uh, I think Bacho is actually a pretty good body to have on the I was the about to say, Bacho, Bacho, decent. He had seven yeah. and four against uh, Texas Southern. And then he had, what was it, 12 and 12 and 12 and 10 against yeah. um, Northwestern State. So, yeah. you know, so, if, if he just becomes a solid big for them, right, maybe that, that range, eight to nine points a game, six, six to eight rebounds a game. Hey, man, that's good. Yeah, um, text telling was without PJ Henry as well, which is worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, watched a bit of this game, uh, so tech took care of business 78 54. Uh, yeah. which we questioned if you know Texas Southern could give them give them run for their money, they're just too solid defensively, mm-hmm. really. That's what it came down to. Yep, uh, one and so and moving on to the women really quick. Oh, wait, this wait, is wait, one more, one more yep. men game. Go for it, go for it. Uh, Baylor beat Norfolk State. Um, mm. I saw a little bit of this. Um, there were some awful refereeing calls, which I tweeted about. But um, the the my only takeaway, eight, well, not only, I have a few. Keontae George, very, very good, as we yes. knew. The backcourt is awesome. The frontcourt is as concerning as we thought it was going to be coming into the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a backup center for Flo Thomba, name of Josh something. He's a freshman. Uh I don't, I don't, I don't trust it. I don't trust him there in that spot yet. So mm-hmm. you better hope Flo Thamba doesn't get in foul trouble because you're, you, they need Flo Thamba. They, they just talk about as far as players, teams need. Mm-hmm. There's not many in the state of Texas that that surpass uh, Flo Thamba. Like I, the drop off from Flo Thamba to everybody else on their team, yes. as oh, far as baseball, it's huge. So that, those are my takeaways from that. Yeah. So, uh, actually, now that you mentioned it, one more game, the men's game that I did see was Texas State. Um, of course, they played at NII school, so not much to take away other than, like, lineups and more or less. Um, one of the things that I did want to hint on, Avion Sykes is that dude. I really think so. He scored 10 points in the opener against Washington State. He is very mature defensively for a freshman. Came in from Duncanville. He's a star that... I believe he was a three-time state champion at Duncanville. He was a starter, I think. And I know last year he was a starter. Um, I think he might have been a starter his junior year as well. But he's come in and he's seemingly fit in. They're playing him a lot right away. Mason Harrell is going to have to be a – he's basically taking up the scoring role a lot more than, than I, like I expected, uh, being the senior um, leader on this team. But, yeah, Davion Sykes, pretty damn good right away. Um some polish that need, that's needed. He needs to work on a jump shot probably, but right now, man, he's coming in and he's very active. Um, moving on to the women's side really quick. I, so I went to, I saw Texas tech and my cat's going crazy right now. Um, <laughs> um, I saw Texas tech and for a team that we last year, their whole, their whole deal was what is this team week to week? They came in, and they started against Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi. Yeah, she's going. And, she's going crazy. Uh, he, my cat is, yeah, he. My cat is losing it. All right, I put him down. Um, <laughs> uh, they came in against Corpus Christi, a team that's pretty good, right? They won their conference, or the, the yep. they were second in their conference. They win. Uh, it was them and Houston Christian. I don't. And Houston Christian. I knew it was. But, so one of the best teams in their conference. 
Yeah. Sneaky, right? Didn't probably expect a Texas Tech to win, but still sneaky game. They came out and blew them out by 20, and they looked really good. Like Texas Tech, I still I'm still concerned about them in the Big 12 because yep. and this is still a team that does not have that player, right? Like like they had with Vivian Gray last year, but but they have a lot of contributors. And my girl, Katie Farrell, five points, six rebounds, three assists, four steals. That's what you do. That's what you do. That's what she does. That's what Katie Farrell does. Um, I don't know. I came away pretty impressed with just the consistency overall. Riley McKinney, 11 points. Uh, Bailey Malpan, freshman, 11 points. They're going to play a lot of players this year. I really feel that. And I think they just look more cohesive. And... It just looks like they came out slow, right? I believe there was like it was a really slow start. I believe it was like 16 to 6, but then Bailey Malpan off the bench as a freshman came in and just looked fantastic. And all of a sudden they had the lead before I believe um before the middle of the second quarter. And they just didn't look back. It stayed there and it bloomed. And by the halftime they were up by almost 20. And it was just good to go. I'm I'm very. I'm. I'm gonna put a little pin in Texas Tech just because I'm still concerned about their lack of a, a premier go-to player. But I don't know. I, I was. I came very. I came away very impressed after being potentially concerned with uh, this home opener. All right, put a pin in it. That's gonna yep. be our new new segment. Yeah, put a pin in it. Put a pin, <laughs> put in, a pin it. in it. Uh, I did not. Did you watch Rice SFA? I did not. It was on okay. CUSA TV. Um, <laughs> and neither team. Neither. Neither program has a video i'm assuming because neither program could get a video of it <laughs> neither program has like a highlight video of it but uh rice we thought they'd be good right but this is a hell of a win um i don't know if i want to be concerned with sfa yet yeah i mean the mm, okay this, i kind of look at them this is to me. This might be another high floor, lower ceiling team. I still think they're going to be really good. Mm-hmm. So maybe they have a little bit higher ceiling than like you know the Texas Tech men. But they're going to be a high floor team that's going to come, that's going to bring it every night. I just don't know how high their ceiling is without Stephanie Fisher. That's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out. That's fair. Um, our friends at the Roost, um, they they did a pretty good write up of it. It took Malia. So Malia Fisher was the star of this game. Eighteen points, twenty rebounds. Uh, it took it was only two quarters for her to grab, grab her double double, um, which I thought was fantastic. But that's a great sign for for Rice, Lindsay Edmonds. Of course, we had them tabbed for a pretty good year. Um, they were kind of middle of the pack in Cusa last year, and we're probably expecting them to punch towards the top. Um, you know, at least kind of make their way into that race. But yeah, I am I'm very excited to see this Rice team now. Yes, I think the thing with I think the thing for me, and I, I that's quote unquote concerning for SFA, is that this is again Vischer. Obviously, they don't have, but this is still more or less the team that we kind of saw the past couple of years, and they're not as sharp, particularly defensively. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, these are two teams that we were high on to start the season, uh, UTSA and Rice. So I'm not going to say that they're, you know, absolutely done for. But it doesn't get e- – like, they get Texas Southern, who we know they should beat, but sh- can fill it up. And then they get UNT. 
And so it's like, it, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch, I'm definitely going to watch the UNT game just because I'm really interested to see is one is conference USA just really good this year or is SFA taking a little bit of a, like you mentioned, um, a lower, lower ceiling to where they're just taking a step back as a whole. Yeah. Um, I did not watch it, but Baylor beat Incarnate Word on the women's side without Dreanna Edwards and Caleb Bickle. Uh, Asia Blackwell, 23 points, 10 boards. Uh, they did start two freshmen at their forward spots. Now, obviously, with Edwards back, I assume she takes you know one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but that score I thought I would mention while we're here. Um, and then the game I watched on the women's side, or the I should say I watched the first half, most of the first half, AM women beat AM Corpus Christi 69-45. And by the first quarter and a quarter and a half, I knew what it was at this mm. point. Those freshmen, Janiah Barker and Sydney Bowles, shoot so much. Really? I don't have the final stats up for me. Actually, yes, I do have them over here. Uh, but um in the first quarter, Barker and, and Bowles. Bowls, I'm sorry, Sydney Bowles. I don't know why I said Bowles. Bowles, Sydney Bowles. They were just pulling everything. Bowles from three, Barker from the mid post, and uh, they looked really, really good. And so I am, I'm, I knew AM was going to be significantly better this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if nothing else, just because you have a coach that has a little bit of energy to her. Um, but defensively, I was impressed. Uh, Janai Barker looks really good. Sydney uh, Bowles looks really good. Uh yeah, it's gonna be a really solid AM team. I, I still don't know, you know, where they finish in the SEC, but I was I was really impressed. Janai Barker's a hooper, Bowles is a hooper. They got they got players. The one thing I will say, another thing about AM this year, so we have the early signing period, and they raked up another good class. Mm-hmm. So they signed number one player in the state, Kali Marshall from Lake Ridge. Uh, they signed Erica Moon, who was another four-star player, top uh, top 100. There was another one they flipped. Sol Williams from Princeton uh, High School in Ohio. She was a top 50 recruit. Let me see. I think she was – I want to say she was Syracuse, and she flipped the day of to A&M. And so Joni Taylor is on a roll right now. Uh, yeah, that was one thing I wanted to hint on because I just I remember seeing that come across my screen because I didn't expect them to get – her as well um i want to say espn might still have her like technically like to syracuse because people thought it was like a guarantee but yeah she was a late day signee as well i think she signed like in the afternoon when everybody else is in the morning um so yeah they've inked another great class obviously we'll see what else they can put together because obviously this is the early signing period so they can you know we can sign as many as they want uh after that but yeah it man they're hitting the ground running again uh, after already putting together this last good 2022 class. And um, I'll say AM Corpus Christi, I'm not really concerned about. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. I think they're 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 a good team. They, they, they're, they're, their, offense, their offense looks really uh crisp. It's mm-hmm. just I don't know, AM's defense was was a little bit too much for them. I mean oh, yeah. put them in conference, they're gonna yeah, they should roll. So one of the games I did uh I was keeping track of was Texas and Louisiana. Yes. Uh, particularly because Rory Harmon apparently battling a little bit of an injury. Um, she did not play. And uh, that was, I think that was uh, broken by Danny Davis the d- d- at game time, at tip-off basically, or maybe an hour before when they saw the lineup, um, that she was not starting and she did not play. 
Texas still took care of business. I thought they, again, this is still a team that, I don't want to say without Rory Harmon, because that's still, that's a huge loss. But I think the fact, the roster additions that they made make this team just better, right? If last year, if Rory Harmon's out, I probably wouldn't pencil them to be that good. Um, but with players like Shea Holly, I believe Shea, or Shea, Shea, uh, Shea Lee Gonzalez, um, in that backcourt now. Actually, I will mention Shea Holly. Shea Holly actually played like basically the entire game. <laughs> she played like 40 minutes, um, which is somebody that they're going to have to probably rely on a little bit more, especially since Kendall Hunter is still out. I don't know with what. They haven't said anything about injury or what. Um, I wonder if it's something else because they're recruiting a lot of guards <laughs> yeah. um, in addition to obviously the transfer portal, but like they just signed Gisela Mall, a four-star from Cedar Park in this new recruiting class. So I wonder if it's something else with her potentially. Um, but anyway, Shea Holly played 40 minutes. She was the most of anybody in the game. Uh, I believe she led the team in score. No, Taylor Jones led the team in scoring with 21, um, but Shea Holly had 10 points. And uh, yeah, it, it, Texas dominated. They looked really, really good. Louisiana should be really good this year. So that's a really impressive blowout win for Texas. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little interested to see because if Rory Harmon's out for any significant period of time, that obviously changes what's going on here with Texas. They, they play UConn on, on like Monday or something. Like that. <sighs> that is true. Jeez. And they, so, they said, yeah. they don't know if, uh, if she's gonna be back for that, yes. So, um, yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, I know Kadisha Faye was battling a little bit of an injury after the after the game as well. She had to leave with a knee injury. So, you know that front court, which is what we thought we thought was pretty deep. Um, there goes one of your experienced players. Um, but um, if Amina Muhammad, we mentioned her, the freshman, she played another twenty plus minute game if she's ready to go, you know, then there's, there's some more, there's some definitely some big time front court help um, with her, Leah Moore and um, Deanna Gaston and Taylor Jones. So like, you know, with those additions in the off season, they had five rotational bigs that could potentially, um, you know, they should potentially be okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's all I got. I think that's. Yeah, man. It's still, still, still early. Um, it's kind of, we're kind of like, the there's not too many huge games on the in, no. in the men or women's side yet no. so we're just we're still kind of like watching blowouts or keeping track of like scary close scores between teams that we think should be blowouts <laughs> or, or watching utsa and and corpus christi listen in, in a rec center gym <laughs> this is amazing this is why we're here. listen utsa is used to playing in a pretty bad gym so <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say it's probably louder than anything they've they've heard in a while <laughs> as far as i know no um but yeah i think that's uh that's all we got for y'all uh this week like i said texas uconn play on monday utep men play new mexico state i believe either today or tomorrow so that'll be something worth monitoring yep. um yeah we'll see north texas play st mary's on the road which will not be fun uh, i'm not sure if tyler perry's gonna be back or not so if he's not playing might not be might not be pretty for for the men <laughs> over there, um, but yeah, that's all we got. Did I miss anything? Anything else before we go? I think no. I think we're good. I think I was trying to see if there was any other <clears throat> significant scores uh, or significant um, 
games coming up by the time we'll record next, but I um, think we're more or less I wrote down good. on the women's side, AM Corpus Christi, UT Arlington, Texas State, Sam Houston, and Abilene Christian and Rice. Nice. So I wrote those down. So I will say uh one little Texas tie. Um TCU is unfortunately going to get fed to North Carolina, but uh, Deja Kelly, uh, former Duncanville star, she's she's incredible. Um, if you want to, people want to look at her before, probably in her last year as she gets ready for the WNBA draft. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be that's not going to be a close one. <laughs> but if you want to watch Deja, Deja Kelly is really good. She's one of the most smooth players I think I've seen in a while. So fed if you want to watch her, Fed to uh, North Carolina is hilarious. Yeah. So for TCU. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a thing. I'm trying to think, do we have Tuesday any games? Uh, I'm looking at the Tuesday schedule right now. Um, Find it. Doesn't look. Oh, Baylor versus SMU on the women's side. Women's. Interesting. Interested. Could be interesting. You know? Yeah, if, if Asia plays. Yeah, I'll be interested in that one. That's on Tuesday, so yeah, that's one to keep a little pin in as well. Put a pin. Put a pin in it. Put a pin. Put a pin, baby. Let's put go. a pin in it. Um. All right, that's all we got for y'all this week. Uh, we hope y'all or this week uh, on this episode. Uh, we'll be back early next week to uh, recap the weekend and uh, look ahead as always. Um, so yeah, if you enjoyed it, leave us a five star rating review wherever you're listening. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. Uh, that continues to grow. We appreciate the support there. And uh, yeah, for Ishmael Johnson, I'm Matthew Bruni, and we'll talk to y'all later.